0: we are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast hey we release sermon podcast weekly so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released god bless and enjoy if we listen real close the lord is going to speak to us maybe to your ear maybe to your mind maybe to your heart definitely to your situation I have no question about that. And so I'm excited about the word. I'm a lot more excited than I sound. I'm a little little wore out, uh, but we're going to be all right here in a little bit. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter 9, when you get there, just say, I'm there. I'll tell you where it's at. It's right after 1 Chronicles. (laughs) Amen. 2 Chronicles 9 and 1, we'll read through 4 in our first reading. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem, with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions There was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not. When the Queen of Sheba had made the wisdom had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, his cupbearers also and their apparel, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit. In her, y'all, that's big, that's huge, and I just want to preach to you and teach to you for just a little bit. Put it up on the wall if you will, baby. That's my wife, in case anybody wants to know. No house like his house. That's why I like that song they just got through singing so much. No house like his house and let's pray together that the Lord would speak to us individually Lord we love you, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, thank you for every man, woman, boy and girl, thank you for every young person across the way and other classes, touch them bless them, let them feel your love then, Lord, let us feel it here. Let us speak it right. Let us hear it right. Let us understand and draw from this passage and from these sayings, Lord, just what you'd want each of us to have individually and collectively. We'll give you all the praise and all the honor. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. If you believe he's going to do it, just say amen and give him a great hand clap. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. I did not know that this conversation, any of it stuck in my my mind or the statement that I made, but I was talking to uh, a young man the other day, and he was talking about his children or his child. I think it was an individual child at that moment, and uh, we were talking, and he Made some statements and reference about being uh, a, a daddy, of a, a father, and and I said something I don't I don't guess I've ever said it before, but it hit me just right, and uh, and I just said, yeah, there's no hood like fatherhood. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've heard people say I was raised in the hood. That generally means they were in a in a tough area, you know, a, a fighting area, a bruised knuckle area and uh, I've heard people talk about those types of things, and and so uh, I, I just made the statement to this man. I said, yeah, there's no hood like fatherhood, but I want to tell you something. There's no house like his house, amen. People have tried to build it. People have tried to replicate it. People tried to make business out of it, and some have uh, done fairly well in doing some of those things, but... The things that aren't real and the things that aren't committed always come down. They don't last. They may last a season. They may last a spell, but they don't last forever. And the Lord of the house is what makes the house important. Amen. You could have all of this. We could have incredible musicians. We could have, uh, there's a nice looking Wednesday evening crowd here, but we could have a Sunday crowd tonight on Wednesday. But if the Lord wasn't here, if the Lord does not show up, what's the point? Really, what's the point? And the one way we can be certain that he's going to show up is when we give of ourselves to him in praise and in worship and in prayer. And when we commend the Lord, he, he said uh, in, in the New Testament, he said... After all of the healings, the blind eye opening, the deaf ear opening, the the the, the withered hand stretched out to work, and the, the lepers cleansed, and, and on and on, you name them all. Jesus made a statement. He said, greater things than these shall ye do. Now, how many people? He'd raised the dead. How many people have been walking around doing those things that you're familiar with? Not too many people. So was Jesus inaccurate? are worse uh, worse still uh, did he lie? No a million times no because when you read into those things many of those things are still happening across the world but there's and, and they happen right here. We've witnessed some things in the last week that I know was a miracle from the Lord and had they not been prayed it wouldn't have happened. I believe that I have no doubt about that but I believe with my study and with the time I've spent on that very subject and it has not, Uh, been very limited I spent a lot of time trying to get an answer to that there's one thing the Lord will never do he'll never praise himself So he went above and beyond the animals and the creations of the world and above and beyond the angels that are only made for that purpose that don't have another choice going forward. Their options are only limited to praising him. And and the Lord must have had a feeling and he must have had a spirit. And you can read it and it's, it's sewn throughout the fabric of scripture where he didn't want anybody to do anything that they didn't want to do. So he made us, if you will, a free moral agent. People argue about that statement, and and it's okay how you see it. I know what I'm talking about when I say that. That means he gave me the right. Do I want to worship him or do I not? That's up to me. But here's what I know. When I worship the Lord, he's a God. He's not a man that he can lie. He's a God. And the Bible said when I praise him and when I worship him, he has to show up. Because it's the one thing he will not do for himself. And when you praise God and when you worship God, that's greater than a miracle. All right. So greater things than these shall you do, greater than raising the dead, absolutely, because we were all dead in spirit. Our praise and worships. What raise? Well, what about being blind? We were all blind to what we should see. We were all deaf to what we should hear. We were all unclean lepers in the sight of sin, but we have been baptized and we have repented. And so he said, Greater things than all of these things shall you do. And I want to tell you, when you do these things, God will show up. Because there's no house. There's no house like his house. Now, I began to do some studying today, and, and I don't remember the exact statement my mother used to use. Maybe she remembers it. She's sitting right there. But uh, she, she would get mad about something. Years ago, she don't get mad anymore. She's, she's achieved sainthood nearly, nearly. And and so, uh, but years ago she would make a statement and uh, when she got real aggravated about something or I would, I would want to go somewhere and do something and, and uh, she'd say, no, you're not going to do that and uh, it's, it's not going to be that way and, and I would say, well, so-and-so's doing it. Everybody else is going. I mean, the rest of the church kids are going or the rest of the school. She said, I don't care if the queen of Sheba She said, I don't care if the Queen of Sheba's going, Rusty ain't going. I never knew who the Queen of Sheba was. And I guess I didn't care. I was just probably mad at that point. And so I want to share some things with you that now we know who the Queen of Sheba is. I want to share some things with you. The Bible tells us as we were reading, it says that she heard of the fame of Solomon. All right. That's a statement. She heard of the fame of Solomon. She came to prove Solomon with hard questions at his house, at his temple, at God's house. And she brought a bunch of people with her. Now I'm paraphrasing verse one. Uh, Missy, if you want to, you can go to verse one and follow along. Uh, it's fine. And she she got a, a, a big company. Is what this means. There's a large group. There's a uh, it's a large diplomatic effort. And and so she's got camels and all kind of spices and uh, it's she's got gold in abundance and precious stones. She's brought all of these things because. She knows that if anything that she has heard is true, no matter how prepared she shows up at his house, it won't be enough. (laughs) Watch this, verse 2. And Solomon told her all her questions. You can do the research on that. Here's what happens. We don't tell questions. We give answers to questions. But Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, told her the questions of her heart. Watch this. So the queen of Sheba, she comes from, I'll tell about that here in just a little bit. She comes from across across the street at least. And when she gets there, she meets Solomon. She looks around. She goes, wow, this is incredible. Everything I've heard about the house of God, the feeling, the way I see people coming and going and, and the entrance that you have into the house. And she, she is describing the ushering in of the presence. Woo. I'm going to try to behave myself tonight. And Solomon began to speak to her. He said, And I'm paraphrasing now, or I'm just just making this up. I ain't even paraphrasing. He he answered, because the Bible don't tell us what all the questions are. So she walks in and he says, "Uh uh-huh. You were wondering if there was a God. You were wondering if we had built a temple. You were wondering if we had really laid everything uh, with gold. It all is plated and some of it pure and some of it covered. You, you were wondering about the pillars on the porch. You were wondering about all. You were wondering if there was really a God of Israel. You wondered if the Hebrew king. And the Bible said that he told her all of her questions. She, she didn't have anything else to say. There was no more debate. His wisdom went beyond giving her some opinion or idea of what the answer to her question would be and he bypassed all that and told her what the questions were. Oh, I like it. You know, every now and then it, it still happens in churches. People walk to the front sometime, and I can look on somebody's face, and I can say, "You didn't think he's going to feel what you feel." Every now and then, I, I can't answer all all the questions, or even tell them all the questions. But I can say lots of times, "You weren't expecting this. You weren't expecting to feel goosebumps run up on top of goosebumps up and down your back, and, and get a shiver like you never expected come across you." And you can say a few things, but the Bible said Solomon told her all her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not. So as the Spirit of the Lord, the modern day Holy Ghost, is holy because it's God and it's ghost because it's unseen. The modern day Holy Ghost would have been speaking through Solomon and saying, she wants to know about why this is set up this way. She wants to know why you sacrifice like this. She wants to know about those two creatures that have been hand-carved and hand-crafted that are stretched out over the mercy seat. She wants to know all of these things. and So the Bible says that Solomon began to tell her everything she could have possibly asked. He asked the question and didn't hide any of the answers. Everything she wanted to know, he told her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, she says the wisdom of Solomon. The Bible says the wisdom of Solomon. We all know that the wisdom of Solomon was the wisdom of God. When she saw the wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of the table and the sitting of the servants and the attendance of the ministers, and the clothes that they wore and the cup bearers. I mean, that, that, we're right down to not even serving tables, but these are, bus, these are people at bus tables. And their apparel, let me tell you something. A person that has never come in contact with God don't understand why do we try to do our best when we go to church? We're coming into an age, and actually we've been into an age for a long time where, where people are lethargic about church. It's, well, do I brush my teeth or not? Come on, it's, it's true. Do, do I comb my hair? I mean, is it important? Well, let me just tell you this. If you were fixing to go see The greatest person you've ever known or heard of, you were fixing to get to meet the person that that would just make your moment complete. How would you go? I'm not talking about the people that don't have time and they show up in their work clothes on Wednesday. That's the enemy trying to mess your mind up. I'm I'm talking about a, a blatant disrespect that it doesn't mean anything more than the ball game doesn't mean anything more than going out and getting the newspaper she recognized that even the people that were cleaning up the tables were dressed proper to the nines and better than the leaders of her kingdom let me tell you why because there's no house like his house we respect the house We honor the house. We bless the house. We enter into the house with thanksgiving. We enter into the place of praise. And she says, wow, uh, the people that serve the wine and the people that serve the food, they're so incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And that last statement, the Bible said there was no more spirit in her. You know me. I had to know. She fainted. She gasped until she could not get her breath. She went, wow. There was no more breath left in her is the meaning of the spirit left her. She, she, had a, she had a moment of, of unconscious. She had, a, she had a moment where she was just for a few moments out of control. I mean, folks, this is a queen. It's not a nobody. This is somebody that has walked into the house of the Lord for the first time and all the way down to the people bussing the tables, all the way down, and I say down, all the way up because those are servants. Servants build churches, Preachers don't build churches. Ministries don't build churches. Servants build churches. So all the way up from those vacuuming the floor and trimming the trees, she said, wow, they're doing this with intent. They're doing this with purpose. They're doing this with joy and excitement. There must be a God in Israel. You know what was happening? She was coming into the presence, not of a wise man, but of a wise God an all-knowing God that understood that she thought she was somebody and she thought she was important and she thought she had a lot. And later on, we're here in just a couple of verses, we're gonna read where the Bible said, she even made a statement with her mouth, I did not believe what I heard. So I had to come see for myself. There was no more spirit in her. Watch this, this queen of Sheba is from the kingdom of the Sabians, and there's a little debate of where that might have been, and we understand some lines have been redrawn. I read a lot of the, the map history today about uh, Yemen and Ethiopia and various things, but I want to read to you this little quote right here, this little statement that I have found from Scripture and then, Validated it to the best I can uh, about who was who and what was where. But the queen of Sheba, the way that they uh, measure their distance, came from 2,400 kilometers or 1,500 miles. She didn't get a text message either. She didn't get an email She didn't have Waze or Google Maps or Google Earth. Somebody had made the journey to Solomon's house and went back and said, oh, queen, there's something you got to know about this kingdom. It's unreal. You ought to just see the way. When he walks in the house, when the ministry begins, the whole place lights up. When the minister begins to speak and the singers begin to sing and the worshipers begin to worship and the servants show up and they're in tuxedos while they're cleaning the carpets. She said, you, you just, you, 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 never, you've never you've never seen anything like this. You need to go. You need to, you need to check it out. So let me just share a biblical and historical observation with you. Depending on the route that was taken, it's anywhere from a year and a half to a three year journey by boat and then unloading in the back of a camel. Folks, I want to tell you something. It's people that are hungry that end up fed. It's people that are thirsty that end up with their thirst quenched. It's people that know they're lost that'll go to no ends to find salvation. And apparently, the queen of Sheba, she was of the Sabian people from Ethiopia She was from a long ways away. But let me just tell you something about this. These people were no friends of God. Oh, if it's getting real good now. They're they're, they're not like buddies, They're, they're, they're not hanging out together and playing cards and dominoes and chess and, you know, they're not friends. As a matter of fact, when you study them, There's not a whole lot you can study, but you can can study their descendants. But only three or four times you can really find anything about them. But I will tell you this, in multiple occasions you'll read in the scripture where the Sabian people uh, from from that, uh, they would buy and sell God's people. They would come to the edges of a town and take into captivity the children of God. There were bands of them that roamed all over the then known world and that's probably who returned back with the word to this lady and said, hey, this is something you got to see. But you can read about it. As a matter of fact, Satan even chose the Sabians to attack Job. The Bible said that it was the Sabians that killed all of his servants and stole all of his livestock, all but one servant. These are not nice people. These are not people that are just waiting to get to go to the house of Jehovah, just waiting to get to go. But something happens. When you've been in a long, dark time in your life where your God is nothing but rock and wood, He's never answered a prayer. Fires never fell from heaven. Waters have never parted. Blind eyes have never been opened. The lepers have never been cleansed. Nothing's ever changed. You'll go to any extent in the world to find out where there's a real God in the world. People coming out of situations in their life They've been through divorce They've been through child custody cases They've been through bankruptcies They've been through prison They've been through raids They've been through situations where they're hurting They've looked for an answer And trying to find something They've looked for it in a drink They've looked for it in an extramarital affair They've looked for it in a drug They've looked for it in all kinds of things But I want to tell you something The search always ends in the house of the Lord Because there's no there's no house like his house. It's better than the White House. It's better than the crack house. It's better, come on, somebody listen to me right now. There's no house like his house. Woo. This visit could have gone a lot of ways because they're not friends, but a delegation was sent Ahead, and the greetings are peaceful. He gives her all the answers to her question she thought the ministers were great she thought the servants were great she thought those that were vacuuming the floors were great and keeping the yard was great and everything was notable let me tell you something about this great house we call our little portion of the greater house of the Lord we call it life point church and here's what I want to tell you when the world comes in with its addictions when the world comes in with its problems and situations and their minds twisted and they live in a warped society here's what they they ought to see the very lowest I'll start with that being me they ought to see the very lowest servants lifted up in the presence of the Lord and they ought to go boy just to be a servant in that house is better than being a queen in my house there's no house like his house. And I'll bring it on down. There's no house like this house. This is the only place you'll hear this message tonight and these songs tonight and this spirit tonight. It's the only place you will be challenged tonight because there's no house. I wish somebody that believes what I'm preaching would just stand and give the Lord Jesus, not the preacher, but the Lord Jesus, a great hand clap of thanksgiving. Like this house. Let me tell you why. Because we'll open the door up to anybody we don't care where they've been how long they've been there who they were there with we believe in hope, we believe in complete and full restoration we believe we serve the God that can put you back where you should have been he's the God that can give you back the time you lost, he can give you back the position that you failed at he can give you back the money that you blew and wasted we believe we serve a God that's a full total restoration and when he went to the cross and said it is Finish. He wasn't talking about his life. He was talking about hell and the success it would have in the life of humanity. He said, "I'm in charge now." There's no house like his house. Verse five. And she said to the king, "It was a true report which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom." What else could could she say? I mean, how be it? I believe not their words until I came. See, here's what happens. We've got to make sure that the world hears about the house. Listen now, this is where you and I come in. Because until we make sure everybody hears about the house, they will never come to the house. They're not going to believe it till they feel it. They're not going to believe it till they hear it. They're not going to believe it till they see it. It's our responsibility to say enough about the house to make somebody say, I think I'll go to the extreme to check that out. It may not be my kind of music. It may not be my kind of worship. I might have been raised in a different environment, a little more docile church, where if you said amen, they'd throw you out the back door. This may not be what fits me, but I'm gonna tell you something. When you feel the power of God's great Holy Ghost, you will know you have been in the greatest house. He said, I didn't, she said I didn't believe it till I came she had to hear about it first then she made up in her mind she was going to come and she was going to see it and she says now mine eyes have seen it and beheld that means focused I looked I paid attention the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me for thou exceedest the fame that I heard here's what she said y'all told me church is going to be good y'all told me it was going to be off the chain y'all told me the preacher was going to get excited and the choir was going to sing but y'all didn't tell Me, all that emotion that was gonna get stirred up on me. And y'all hadn't told me half of the story yet. You could not explain. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm preaching right now. You cannot adequately explain what it feels like for the Holy Ghost to wash over you. You cannot properly say it in words what it feels like when Jesus Christ gives you his full undivided attention. There's no house like his house. That's why she said half of it wasn't even told. Because you know what? You can explain about the singing, you can tell how good they are. Oh, they're good. They can be down to their second, third, and fourth, and fifth drummer. They can be down to their second or third keyboard player. They can be down to their second or third leader. They can be down people singing verses that's never sung the verses or a verse at all, and they will get the job done. All their guitarists can be missing. The pastor can be out of town. Every Sunday school teacher can call in sick, but when you get there, it wasn't about them in the first place. They were just cupbearers. They were just servants. It was about the spirit of the house. She'd seen gold. She'd seen houses. She's carrying, she's got a whole caravan of jewels and a shipload of gold. She's not ignorant to riches. I think she can understand the gold, I think she can bring that in. I'm gonna prove that to you, matter of fact. I'm not gonna, we're not gonna think it, I'm gonna prove it to you. I think she can understand everything. But it was the way the people responded to the ministry. That's what it said. It said the way the, when the ministers came, what a what a great. Who are the ministers? That's the people that are ministering to God. Too many times we say, Oh, that's the that's the preacher, or that no, no, you're a minister. You showed up on Wednesday night to minister. You came came to church service. People have let that little statement slip by them. Church service is where we go to the church house to service the Lord. And in return when the praises go up, the glory comes down where sin used to dwell. Grace now abounds. The song said there's healing and hope and love all around when the praises Somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching right now. There's no peace like his peace. There's no hope like his hope. There's no love like his love. There's no high like his high. There's, there's no house like his house. Woo. I didn't even believe half of it. That's I know you didn't. Because you can't describe the feeling you're going to have when you step in the unfettered presence. Let me behave a minute. Behold, the one half of greatness of thy wisdom was not told me. For thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Listen to this, verse 7. Happy are thy men. All right, let's just stop right there for just a moment because I want to talk about that a moment. When people come to the king's house, they're already broke and busted and disgusted and disgruntled and messed up and unemployed and addicted and battling and waiting on the next court hearing. Come on. They don't know if they're going to have a job. Furloughs have started and hours are getting cut back and there's going to be more months than money at the end. People are going, come on. Come on, what's the deal? But here's what she said. Happy are thy men. What does that mean? They all know there's enough here. This is a house of not just enough But we don't even know half of what's here I only could understand And gather But when I look around Everybody I see From the first to the last From the new to the old To the rich to the poor The large and the small The dark skin, the light skin The one that speaks this language or that language When they walk into the house The one thing they have that's universal Is they know They're in the presence of an uncommon king And they're in a house like there's never been before. The world's not coming in looking for a bunch of Christians that are down. What's happening? Well, when night. If I'm not here, somebody thinks think I'm backslidden. Well, bless your heart. You probably should have stayed home so the visitors didn't see you like that. Because it made an impression on a queen that rode a camel and a boat fifteen hundred miles to get here. Ooh. Don't ever let it be said, Well, I showed up at that house. That seemed like the saddest people in the world. I thought I must have showed up on a funeral night. No. The people of God that have been delivered. Know how to smile. They clean with gladness. They sing with joy. They preach with excitement. They worship. Come on, they don't have too much pride. They don't have too much shame. They're proud to be at the very bottom, if that's what you want to call it. They're smiling just to carry a cup to a visitor. How are you? We're honored to see you on a Wednesday night. Glad you're at Life Point Church. God bless you. Now, well, who'd you come with? I think I... Well, and happy are these thy servants. The people that serve have made an impact on a queen. Let me tell you what the truth is. Here's the truth. She could have said, my servants don't do that. You know why? Because she come from a worldly kingdom. And they're always complaining because it's $2.30 an hour and nobody's tipping and everybody's grumpy. You may tell you who I'll tip the most to? The one that act like they're happy that I'm sitting at a table in their section. And then I don't have a problem if I got an extra $100 bill. I've done it lots of times in life. More times than not, an extra twenty. I say, hey, I'll put something on you that'll make next time I show up, you'll run and say, I want that guy at my table. Let yeah. me to tell you why. Because when we. Teach the world that's dying, lost, and on its way to hell that service to our king is not like being a servant to a drug or servant to an addiction or a servant to a relationship or servant to the government. When we show up as servants to the most high king, we recognize that with joy and excitement. men and happier thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom they're happy to hear you talk I can tell you what I sense out of this you gather what you want I don't claim to be any more spiritual than anybody else that can read the book and talk to the man but here's what I'm going to tell you I sense right here I sense some jealousy there's something raging inside this lady. That next year and a half or three years or every, some people say it was even a seven year journey. I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I gave you this, the short side of it. I didn't want to try to preach too evangelistic to you about it. But I want to tell you this. She was thinking when I get back there's going to be some changes in our kingdom. Because our people serve mad. They act like they don't want to be there. They're afraid of the whip. They're not happy with what they're getting paid. They're not satisfied in the house. And the very lowest people of em- the lowest people of employment that have walked in here feeling like nobodies. Oh, happy day! Oh, happy day! Happy day when Jesus washed. When Jesus washed my sins away, happy day, oh, happy day. Hey, Sister Beckham, come help me for a minute, because I know my time ain't up, is it? Sometimes I wish you wasn't loud and honest. My goodness. We got this 35-minute deal. We're going to have to probably move it to 38 going forward. I mean and I'm not going to ask what almost means because I got to finish <laughs> hey just play happy day with me as soon as it will come on I know it's it, it, watch see here's what happens her servants came in all beat up and, 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 and her delegates came in and, and, and they weren't dressed to the nines and they looked like servants she wanted to make sure there's a pecking order and everybody knows it but when they show up in the house of God there's not big eyes and little you's uh, there's not a whole bunch of cliques that just run around together and nobody else fits in except our little the ones that look like us and act like us and talk like us and go everybody's welcome to eat with me, everybody's welcome to ride with me, everybody's welcome to talk to me. As a pastor of this house, let me say an under shepherd to the king, let me put it better. Let me say everybody is somebody in this house. Everybody's important to this kingdom. Everybody's a blessing to this house. We don't care what you are, or where you came from. I'm going to tell you something that happened Sunday morning. And it happened, and I know it happened. We're fixing to do that in just a moment. Just, just keep playing it. Yeah, just go ahead so I can just jump in when I'm ready. I walked in Sunday morning. Some of you may have noticed it, some of you may not have. And if you didn't, it's because you didn't know. I just want you to know we didn't have a skunk in here Sunday morning. I won't tell you where they were sitting or who they were whether it was a he or a she but somebody had a little bag of skunk in their pocket and when I walked in the building I went in the day I'd have said that's good weed all right I'm preaching to you I'm preaching practical to you somebody walked in I know exactly who it was I walked right by them I could have looked at them and said excuse me ma'am excuse me sir would you mind taking that to the car but something said there won't be nothing better in the world than when the Holy Ghost hits that one and they go running in this building with that bag in their pocket what's the devil going to say then come on are they welcome absolutely what if they come back next Sunday come on come on we don't care who you are or where you come from as long as you come to hear the truth and you come to find some wisdom there is no house like his house washed when Jesus washed my sins away oh happy day oh happy day oh happy day when Jesus washed I'm glad he washed my sins away. Happy are thy men. Happy are thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God. Then she got to the point. See, she had to break it in. She didn't want to come in an attic and start talking about God. So she started off saying the people are good. The building's good. Everything's good. Oh, but let's get to the business. The God of the house is what makes the house good. Bless be the Lord thy God which delighted in thee to set thee on... Now watch. She's fixing to start telling Solomon now how blessed he is. That delighted in thee to set on his throne. I want to tell you something. There's seven plus billion people in the world and the Lord thinks enough of you to let you sit here tonight and hear this message about how much he loves you and how much he cares about you. This is what Sheba was telling Solomon. Your God must thank a lot of you to let you be over all of this. If we only knew what God thinks about us. I'm a loser. No, but you're about to be a liar if you keep saying that. You're not a loser. You're not a loser. You haven't lost. Loss is a past tense word. When people come to me a lot of times, and I just need five minutes every how long I've been. You can stay standing if you want to, or you can stay seated. Just just be what you are. I've heard people say, well, I used to, you know, when when we were going to church, when we were doing, when when we we were praying, when we were reading, but I don't know what happened. I said, you just told me what happened. What do you mean? You used to. You used to attend church. You used to go to the altar. You used to call on his name. You used to be a proud cupbearer. And when God becomes a thing of a past, all you'll feel is the spirit of another land. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne to be king for the Lord thy God because thy God loved Israel to establish them forever therefore made he thee King over them to do judgment and justice. Do you hear what he just said? She said, she said to Solomon, These are a bunch of people that have failed. Your own daddy conspired to commit murder. He he had an affair with a woman and had her husband killed, and then she was with child, and that child died right after it's born. And, and your daddy was a rotten mess that led things in a bad way for a little while and caused some people to lose some things, but he was smart enough to gather up everything and he could repent enough to set you in place to get prepared. Here's what she's saying. The God you serve has looked beyond your sin and beyond your fault and beyond your history and beyond your past, beyond your daddy's addictions and your mama's hang-ups and your adoption that you still don't understand and the abuse that you still can't come to grips with and he put you in his house. I know you know that song If you'll come and and the leaders The singers come I'm going to finish while they're coming Here we go, watch this Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighted That's the song I want us to sing Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighted in thee To set thee on his throne To be king for the Lord thy God Because thy thy God loved Israel You hear that? Loved Israel Israel didn't have the greatest past y'all Here's what the Lord said, and, and uh, we, we don't say this word in front of our children, and I'm checking to make sure there's none, and we only have a newborn. But uh, even though it's a biblical word, I, I try to, as often as I can avoid it. I try to avoid it, but here's what the Lord said to his people Y'all keep whoring around, selling yourself for what the world's got to offer you. That's what he said. He called them that. You're out selling yourself for a piece of pleasure or for the pleasure of another. He spoke directly to them. He even, he even filed for divorce. And one man, God, said, I'm going to divorce them. They keep messing around on me. keep serving other gods. and keep selling themselves out. There was somebody that had the ear of God. He said, hey, I love you. and You're my God, but if you're going to get rid of those people, take me too. And the Lord loved that man so much. He said, you know what? I'll spare them. Over and over again. But you know what Sheba recognizes? That God must really love those people for you to have all this. Because thy God loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore made he the king over them to do judgment and justice. Let me close with verse number nine. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold and of spices, great abundance, and precious stones. Neither were any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. She didn't bring in Gucci. She didn't bring in Calvin Klein or some, in the 80s and 90s, it would have been Ralph Lauren. Maybe he's made a comeback, I don't know. I don't wear it anymore, it breaks my skin out. I don't care how much it costs, I'll just look at the bottle. I'll re-gift it. But there wasn't any cologne and perfume. There wasn't any oils and spices in the entire world. Like Sheba brought from the Sabians of Ethiopia and said, Here, wisest man in the world in his book confesses there's nothing like this anywhere. And she was so intrigued and touched and blessed and changed that she was willing to give away A one in the world. Do you know you are your one in the world? And if you really want to impress the king, you'll give away your one in the world. And let me just share this with you. I have no notes, I have no stories. I'm done. I've been done a long time gold that she gave Sister Williams how long have I been? about 50 minutes? oh okay (laughs) okay no (laughs) today by gold standard today the house meant so much to her Brother Robert Fuller that she gave just in gold here's what she gave 249 million seven hundred thirty-two thousand three hundred and thirty-eight dollars in an offering, a first-time guest. Boy, I wish one of them had come to life point. 249 <laughs> million? We'd give them 245 of it back and say, bless your heart. you know I could say something right there boy but it's, it would sure put a negative twist on this message we may start with that one day when we're preaching about tithes and offerings somebody felt the spirit of the house the first time and they was willing to just say here there's nothing like, to, no it's not worth anything I could take this all the way back to Ethiopia with me and tell the Sabians but I gotta just be fair with you give it to your servants. Hey, y'all sing the first part and y'all sing the second part. All right? Let's do it. You lead us, sister. Come on, we need to we got Oh happy day. Hey, if you can't sing, at least clap oh, your hands. Happy day. Oh happy day. Oh, when Jesus was. When Jesus was. Oh, when Jesus was. When Jesus was. When Jesus washed, oh happy day, 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 when Jesus washed, when Jesus washed, when Jesus washed. hey, as He washed anybody's sins away, I wish we'd close this service like this. I wish you'd just step out of the pew and step up to the altar and just say, thank you, Lord, for cleansing me. Thank you for introducing me to the house. Thank you for letting me feel your spirit and feel welcome and healed and whole and introduced to truth. Come on, I dare you to get out from where you stand and on your way to your car, make a trip by the altar.